If you have your Bibles, if you'll please turn in them to Psalm 119. And I encourage you to do that, to find a copy of the Scripture somewhere, because we are going stanza by stanza through this longest chapter in the Bible. If you have the Scriptures there open in front of you, you will be able to see some very unique structure uh, that occurs here in this psalm. And so it's 176 verses, 22 stanzas of eight verses, each beginning with a sequential letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And this morning, we're in the fourth stanza that your Bible may say at the heading there, Daleth. So verses 25 through 32 is our passage of study this morning. This is God's holy, inerrant, authoritative, and life-giving word to us this morning. My soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. When I told of my ways, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts. And I will meditate on your wondrous works. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Put false ways far from me and graciously teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your rules before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. Let's pray. Our Father, we ask that you would open our eyes, our minds, our hearts, our ears, so that we may behold the wonderful truth that is here in your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. When we read the words of these psalms, as we go stanza by stanza through Psalm 119, we need to know that these words, these feelings, these emotions that come out as we read, as we study this psalm, these are the words, these are the emotions, these are the experiences of a believer, of one who has trusted Christ, who loves the Lord and wants to walk with him every day. These are the experiences of one who is trusted in Yahweh God for salvation, for deliverance, for comfort, for, for hope, for meaning in life. And this dear believer, the psalmist, the writer of Psalm 119 is teaching us something here. And what I think we are to see over and over and over as we work our way through this psalm is that the way of faithfulness in the Christian life is to set the word of God before us. It is as if this is the lens by which we have a biblical world and life view. In other words, to live the Christian life faithfully is to cling to the word of God as the words of life. Is the words of comfort, is the words of freedom. But as we will see, this way of faithfulness for the psalmist, it did not come easy. 
In many ways, he had to beg to God to help him, to deliver him, to strengthen him. And so now as we come to the fourth stanza in this great psalm, if you've been with us this past few weeks, again, as I mentioned earlier, stanza by stanza, we're walking through. And this fourth stanza, if you could see it in Hebrew, every single first word of every line of poetry begins with the Hebrew letter Daleth. Amazing piece of literature that the Bible is, especially Psalm 119. But each stanza has different meaning, different instruction for us to live the Christian life. In this stanza, you'll notice a word that I want to point out to you that occurs twice, and that's the word cling. Verse 25 and verse 31, we find this word cling. To cling. Hold on to, to bond, to attach, to grip, to embrace, to cherish, to never let go. That's what the idea here is, the word to cling. It's the key word to help us understand the meaning of this passage. And so the question that I would like us to consider this morning from this passage is this. What are you clinging to? What are you clinging to? What are you, what are you holding on to so dearly that you will not let it go? What are you holding on to? Are you clinging to the dust? Or are you clinging to the Lord and to his testimonies? And so those are the questions I want us to consider this morning as we work our way through these verses. Are we clinging to the dust? Or are we clinging to the Lord and to his testimonies? Look there in verse 25. We see the psalmist crying out, My soul clings to the dust. What does he mean when he says this? How are we to interpret this experience here from the psalmist? As I mentioned before, this psalm, these experiences, these emotions that we are reading here, this is real life. This is the way many of us feel at some times. These are the experiences of a real believer. I mean, this is not necessarily like happy, happy, happy psalm. You know, this is not the Christian life is wonderful all the time psalm. This is real life. And so what does he mean when he says that life feels like clinging to the dust? My soul clings to the dust, he says. We all know what dust is. And can I just say, for the record this morning, I hate dust. I would have saved my parents a lot of money on doctors if it wasn't for dust. From allergies, you know, dust, it drives us all crazy. Dust is a a curse of the fall. Dust reminds us that we live in a fallen world. You can't rid your house of dust. You can try and try and try. But you can never make it totally go away, much like sin. It's always there. It never goes away. Sin clings to everything. So to understand what the psalmist is saying here, uh, my soul clings to the dust. One of my favorite old dead guys here, Matthew Henry. 
he says this to describe what the soul-clinging dust is like. He says this. While the souls of the children of this world cling to the earth as their portion, the children of light are greatly burdened because of the remains of carnal affections in their hearts. In other words, what Henry is saying here is that children of the light, that is, believers in Christ, can often feel burdened, can feel weighed down and spiritually depressed in life because of the remaining indwelling sin in our hearts, much like the dust that clings to everything that we can never fully get rid of. The Apostle Paul describes it like this. He says it's the old man or the old nature that we must cast off. That's still hanging on to us in some way. And that we must rid ourselves of like the dust. And so how does the psalmist seek to cast off his sinful self? The sinful ways that feels like dust sticking to his body, clinging to his soul. I think the rest of these verses describe for us and tell us, gives us insight into what it looks like to cling to God and to his word. And to realize that we need to cast off the dust, which is the sin that so easily entangles and gets us off the way, the way of righteousness, the Bible describes. You know that feeling, don't you, when life is crazy, busy, and then all of a sudden you look up and look around your house and realize this place is a mess. Dust is everywhere. It's clinging to everything. And it makes you just want to cry out, ah, can we just leave and go on vacation and, and think that we'll not be here when we get back? Dust is like that. And so this is what the psalmist does when he, when he thinks about his sin and when he thinks about the mess in his life, he, he cries out, give me life according to your word. I do not want to cling to the dust. That is what the psalmist is crying out here in verse 25. And did you notice that the way that he clings to God, the way that he goes to God and cries out to him as he tries to grab hold of God, not the, not the dust that's around him, he's grabbing hold, clinging to the life-giving word of God. Give me life. According to your word. So that's what we're talking about here. So when the dust of the world and sin is gathered around us. The psalmist teaches us to cry out to God. And there's several things that illustrate a life of faithful Christian living. That is ultimately captured by this statement in verse 31. He says, I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Cling, hold on to, hold fast. In other words, instead of clinging to the dust, his problems, his sorrow, his sin, his depression, he's crying out, Lord, I want to cling to you and not to my circumstances. 
So the rest of this passage is going to teach us how he does that. How do you how do you cling to God and to his word? First, we see here he clings to God by pleading to God for life according to the word. Look there in verse 25. Give me life according to your word. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt so depressed and so discouraged and so down that all you can do is cry out, give me life. I feel dead. I feel worthless. I feel hopeless. And so these are real experiences of the Christian life here. Pleading to God is one of the important ways that a believer can can express their dependence upon him. It's one of the main ways that we can cling to God as we cry out to him, Lord, I beg you, give me life. He pleads to God. But he goes on even more. Verse 26. He clings to God by confessing. Specifically here, confessing his sin. Look in verse 26. When I told of my ways, he went to the Lord and he told him. He told his ways to God. He he goes to God and he tells the Lord everything that he is feeling, everything that he is experiencing, every trouble that is in his heart. And so this is a good word for us to imitate. This is a, a real experience for us in the Christian life. That however you may feel, whatever your circumstances may be, whatever your spiritual condition may be, you must go to God. You must declare to him how and what you feel And confess the ways that you have sinned against him. And how you have loved the dust rather than him. And so again, William Plummer, he helps us understand. He said, if you're sad, go to God. He can cheer you up. If we are in the dark, he can enlighten us. If we have no might, he can strengthen us. If our wants are many, he can supply them. If we are shut up and cannot come forth, he can enlarge us. Whatever be our case, let us state it all to God. So we cling to God by telling it all to him. God doesn't ask you to clean yourself up, dust yourself off, Get nice and pretty and righteous and then come to him with all your problems. He doesn't do that. He calls us to go to him. Dust and all. And cling to him. Professing and confessing our sin. But he goes on even further. He clings to God by praying for understanding. He knows that these words of truth. Come from God. They are the holy scriptures that can give him life and give him comfort. And so look how he asks to God for and prays to God for help. Look in verse 26. He says, teach me your statutes. This is a prayer. Lord, teach me. Verse 27. Make me understand the way of your precepts. It's in a sense he's saying, I see it here, Lord. Help me to understand it. Verse 28, strengthen me according to your word. He feels weak. He feels downcast. He feels sorrowful. He says, Lord, please strengthen me according to your word. In verse 29, 
graciously teach me your law. You see these prayers? Last week, I focused on verse 18, that wonderful prayer that I said we should all pray as we approach the scriptures. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things in your law. And here we see further little short, helpful prayers that where we ask God to open our eyes and to help us to see wonderful things in his word. And so here are four more aids to help us when praying to God, pleading to him for understanding, for wisdom, for strength, for, for learning his word and applying it. We pray to God. He goes even further. Verse 27, he clings to God by, again, meditating. On the wondrous works of God. What is he talking about here. When he's talking about meditating. He is actually taking the time to, to think. And to process. And to think deeply and intently. About the wonderful things of God. And who he is and what he has done. His works are wonderful. And when we think about them. And when we see his works and we see how beautiful they are, it makes us want to cling to him all the more. This is what meditation does. It helps us to cling to God. And so here are four spiritual disciplines that we see the psalmist work his way through as he seeks to set the word of God before him and cling to him. He is pleading to God. He is praying to God. He is Asking for understanding, he's he's meditating, he's confessing his sin, he's he's studying the word, but he's he's not just doing this so he can get smarter. He's not just asking, Lord, let me be the smartest, most knowledgeable Christian that the world has ever seen. He's doing these things so that he can cling to God, so that he can grow closer to his Savior, and so that these spiritual disciplines would actually lead to action. That they would actually affect the way that he lives his life. And so he results to resolutions. This is the way I want to live. This is what I want to do in response to what I have seen in your word. Through prayer, through meditation, through confession. And so look at these resolutions that he results to. In verse 30, we see the first one. He chooses the way of faithfulness by Setting the word of God before him. This is what it means to have a biblical world and life view. This is what it means to live as a biblical Christian. It means to set God's word before you. And to live your life according to it. And by doing this, we're asking the Lord to conform our ways to his ways. Lord, let me live according to your word. But the cool thing is when we do this, William Plummer says, that when we set the word of the Lord before us, that's how we set the Lord before us. We never truly set the Lord before us until we honestly set his word before us. That is what it means to put the Lord first in your life, to put his word before you. The psalmist resolves to do this. Secondly, we see he resolves to cling to the testimonies. Verse 20, 31. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. 
He resolves not to hold on to anything, not the dust, but only the rock solid truth of God's word that is able to give life and give abundantly. He clings to the testimonies. If we want to avoid shame, he says, I I cling to your testimonies, O Lord, let me not be put to shame. And so if we want to avoid shame, if we want to escape the dust, if we want a way out of sorrow, if we want to escape the lies, then we must cling to the scriptures and to the Lord of the scriptures. We must hold on to it at all costs, no matter what. And then thirdly, we see that he resolves, he chooses to run in the way of God's commandments. Look there in verse 32. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. Instead of wallowing around in the dust and in the misery of life, the psalmist finds freedom in running in the way of God's commandments. And his heart is enlarged. His heart is strengthened with freedom and with truth, with joy. And it is the Lord who gives us strength for this Christian duty, to run in the way of his commandments. It is strength from above that we need. Divine assistance to run in the ways of God's commandments. I will run, he says, Lord, you enlarge my heart. You help me to do so. And it's interesting to note here, the psalmist, he does not see the commandments here as burdensome. He does not see them as restrictive or constraining or holding him down or this weight in which he cannot run the race. Rather, the opposite is true. He sees the commandments of God as true freedom. So that when he walks in the way of God's word, he then, in fact, breaks out into a run. Because he finds them so freeing. He is in a joyful run in the way of God's commandments. And so notice how this psalm progresses in verse 25. In the beginning, we find the psalmist down, wallowing in the dust. And now here in verse 32, we find him at the end in full sprint because the word of God has given him life and set his heart free. And so that's what I mean when I say this stanza. It's like real life, isn't it? I think we all can empathize with what's going on here. We can, we can empathize with this longing, with this passion, and with the sorrow that the psalmist is experiencing. And I hope that you can also share in the experience of the joy that the psalmist does when he looks to the word. It gives life. And so I ask you again. What are you clinging to? What are you holding on to for dear life? Maybe another way to look at that is rather than holding on to something, you possibly need to let go of something. Perhaps there's some sin in your life that no one knows about. That you need to let go of. 
Perhaps there's some habit that you cannot break, that you know is dust, that you need to let go of. What is, what is the dust in your life that you need to shake off, that you need to rid yourself of? But again, the Bible does not say, just stop it, just dust it off. <laughs> Rather, get up and run and cling to the Lord and to his word, the type of joy, the, the type of freedom that the psalmist experiences does not come because life got easier for him. It came when he cried, cried out to the Lord. And he said, I'm going to cling to your word rather than believing that all there is to life is dust. Give me life according to your word, O Lord. Only by clinging to the testimony can we be made strong. Can we know life? And so if you find yourself this morning clinging to something rather than the gospel, rather than the life-giving truth of God's word, then let me urge you to cry out to God and say to him, I hate this dust. I hate this sin in my life. Give me life according to your word. And it is only by clinging to the gospel, the truth that Jesus lived, that Jesus died, and that he rose again, and that he will enlarge our lives, and that he will strengthen us, and give us joy unspeakable, and help us to know this truth that surpasses all understanding, that will cause us to be able to run and cling to him. That is what we must hold on to. That is what we must never let go. The gospel. The good news of Jesus. May God give us strength to cling to him and cling to him only. Let's pray. Our Father, we, we confess to you that we have often clung to the dust gathered round us. And when we do that, we know, Lord, that is not freedom. That is, in fact, bondage. And so, Lord, we ask that you would help us to run to you and to see that you are the one who has love that will not let us go. And so, Father, we, we beg you, give us life. According to your word, teach us your statutes, strengthen us according to your word, graciously teach us your law, let us not be put to shame, Father help us cling to you and to run in the way of your commandments, pray this in Jesus name, amen.